Welcome and thank you for tuning into the Joy Tutor Podcast. I am your host, Joanna Williams. Together, we will unpack, learn, teach, and celebrate the journey of emerging entrepreneurs and courageous trailblazers. Let's dig in. Hey, Keisha. Hey, sis. <laughs> <laughs> We'd like to introduce you guys to my bonus sister. She is so dope and amazing, and it is such a blessing to be able to sit in a space with you as entrepreneurs, as well as professionals, because we all have our day jobs, right? However, our passion is taking us to different places and spaces. So mm-hmm. with that being said, please introduce yourself. I am Lakeisha Carter, known as Keisha. I am a teacher of 20 plus years, and I have just started a business, Take 5 Management. It is providing discipline strategies for schools in order to take them to the next step, to keep students in the classroom so that they can be more successful. And it has proven to be a wonderful tool in my school. Take 5 is the Mm -hmm. name of your disciplinary program. Mm -hmm. Correct. By way of your experience as not only as a teacher, partially, probably as a mom too. When you say discipline within the classroom, please elaborate. What do you mean, Keisha? Why do we need the program? We need the program because in order for students to learn, they have to be in the classroom. It's so easy for teachers to get so frustrated and just want to put students out of the classroom. But this is a program where it allows the students to remain within the classroom and to help teachers to build relationships with their students to find out what's really going on behind the behaviors that they're displaying. Because there's always a reason behind the behaviors. It's easy for teachers to try to throw away students, especially in the middle school age. We get so frustrated with students and people take it so personally. And it's like, sis, bro, it's not personal. They may have some things going on at home that we don't know about. And there are some things that administrators usually don't share with us that we don't know until it becomes a problem. So it's up to us to figure out how to have this relationship with these students and take five gives us that opportunity to figure out what's happening, to build that relationship, to not give away our power, because once we send a student out, we've lost our power. As the educator in the classroom, we have to figure out what's going on with them. But students aren't just misbehaving to misbehave. There's something that's going on. In my 20 plus years of teaching, I have known very few students who do not want to learn, who do not want to be there, who do not want to succeed, who do not want to go places in their life. They do. But because they have these external things happening at home that we're unaware of, it makes them behave in a way that says, I don't want to be here. Well, that's not true. That's not true. They want to be in the classroom. They want to learn. They want to do well. And so it's up to us to figure that out. And Take 5 gives us that opportunity to have that conversation with students, to build that relationship with students in order to figure out what's going on so they can stay in the classroom and get the education that they need. I sincerely appreciate you for that, which is the reason why I'm honoring you this year with the Joy Tutor Impact Award at our 2023 Celebrations of Courage event, because 
you truly are making an impact within the classroom and outside of the classroom. I mean, just imagine the lives you're helping Mm -hmm. by not giving up and by also taking time out of your personal, you know, your personal space and time with your child outside of work to say, you know what? I need to go beyond the classroom and my job description of teaching and address the root cause inside the classroom. Mm -hmm. Have you tried this out and tested this? And if yes, what were the results? This all started when I went to Arizona to teach and they had a program and I was like, "Mm, I don't like this aspect of the program. So let me create my own because I see that there are steps that can be had, but I'm not 100% on board with what this is. And so I tried several things. And then once I returned to Illinois to teach, I tried it with my team. In the school that I'm in currently, we have three teams per grade level. We have sixth grade, seventh grade, and eighth grade. And so my team was using the program that I created. And it was not by accident that our team had the lowest discipline referrals being reported to the office year after year. I introduced it to the administration, maybe my second year or third year there. And they were like, okay, this sounds cool, but we need to figure out how we can implement this as a school. Cool. My team continued to use it. And then this year, the, the administration decided that they would administer it universally. As a result, within the first month of us using this plan universally, our office discipline referrals were down by over 45%. And they continued to go down month after month. Every month since September, since we started the school year, the discipline referrals have been down by over 30%. And that's because it gives us the opportunity to have these personal conversations with students. It gives us the opportunity to build these relationships and figure out what's wrong with students. Of course, there are people who aren't totally on board. However, the people who are using it are seeing the effects. They're like, oh my goodness, like this really works. A part of it is it's take one, take two, take three, take four, take five. That's why it's called a take five, right? And so take one is really just a warning that's saying, hey, you're acknowledging as a student that you're being disruptive in the classroom in whatever way. And so they have to fill out a form that says, you know, this is what I was doing at this time. Because we have those parents who will say, mm, not my shishi poo-poo baby. And so... I decided that I wanted the students to feel this out as a way of providing evidence to the parents that, yes, your shishi poo-poo baby acknowledged that they were disrupting the classroom and this is what they were doing. This is in their writing. They wrote this down. They acknowledged that they were disrupting the classroom. And so it's become Pavlovian in a way because one of my teammates, we we all have a clipboard where we have our form. And Mm -hmm. so she'll grab her clipboard and kids are just like, I don't want to be 
a part. Like she just grabs her clipboard and she's walking around the classroom. And once they see, because her clipboard is green, once they see her green clipboard, they're like, nope, we don't want to be a part of that. Because the thing that they don't want to get to (laughs) is my favorite, which is a scripted phone call. I had to make it a scripted phone call because I would have students call home because my thing was, well, I don't know why you're disrupting the classroom. I don't know why you're doing the things that you're doing, but you do. So you're going to call your parents. If I call your parents, it's speculative at this point. I am providing my opinion. I don't know why you're behaving the way that you are, but you do. So you get to call home and explain why you're calling home because you have now disrupted the classroom at four times, right? Step Take four is the scripted phone call home. So you've had three opportunities before now. And so I had to make it a scripted phone call because what do you think they were saying, sis? I don't know why. I don't know why I'm calling home. She don't like me. I, I ain't even doing nothing. But that's not the truth. The truth is you have been provided multiple opportunities to correct your disruptive behavior and you've chosen not to. So the script is going to say, hey, this is what this is what's happening. I have interrupted learning for other students three times in this short amount of time. And if I continue my course of behavior, then I'm going to receive a referral. That's pretty much the gist of the script. Yeah. And so nobody wants to make that phone call because my part in the phone call is, hey, Miss Williams, hey, I'm calling because Tina seems to be having a hard time right now. So she needs to have a conversation with you. And then I hand the phone to the students and they have to read the script. Accountability at its mm-hmm. finest. It really takes takes out of that. He says, she said, the opportunity to deflect deflect their behavior mm-hmm. onto what the teacher is actually doing, which is seeking mm-hmm. disciplinary action and support for the parent and the child. At the same time, it takes out that emotion for the teacher, because if we are setting them up in the beginning and they understand the expectation and we go over it every single class, so they know that this is happening by everyone in the building, then there's no emotion to be had. If you're following the program, a big part of what happens with discipline in classrooms is teachers will warn before the warning. Mm. And then they get upset because they're warning and warning and warning and warning before the warning. And now it's emotional. Now it's take one. When the very first time that they do anything, it should be take one because you've explained to them the program. They understand it. So all you have to do is follow it. But it's a paradigm shift that I need to do this immediately. Like it's an immediate consequence for their actions, because when they begin to disrupt the classroom, they're not just disrupting their learning. They're disrupting the learning of everyone in the classroom. The videos, we've all seen them, right? As of recent, you know, like the oh recent video of the young mm-hmm. girl who snatched her phone. She was trying to get her phone from the teacher. Mm-hmm. The teacher yeah. her. Know, yep. caught her and put hands on her, literally yep. was on the floor rolling around with yep. her. There's mm-hmm. been a lot of that going on. I mean, not to say that it wasn't there before. I think because of technology, you're able to record it. But 
at the same time, I, I do feel like it's more so that way now because I would never put my hands on a teacher, honey. I would F around and find out if yeah. I put hands on a teacher because my mom was not having it. Exactly. Period. Exactly. But there is a need is where I'm going with that. There is a need for your program and for others to take a look at it and adopt it. And to your point that not everyone will agree with it, but for those who do will benefit. Yes, it's definitely beneficial. Where I am now in my teaching journey is so different from where I was even five years ago. I used to dread getting up, going to work dealing with students and their behaviors. When the pandemic hit, I was like, I don't want to do remote learning. But then I found myself loving it because I didn't have to deal with these disciplinary issues within the classroom. We're remote. Once we came back into the classroom, now my team was using it before the pro before the pandemic, but it was harder because we were the only team using it in the building. In the way that we are set up now, there are no subs. So I'm subbing on my plan time. Now I go into another classroom and I have to assert my authority because these students aren't listening as opposed to now that we're using it universally. When I go into a classroom, I don't have to assert my authority in that way. And so I'm not being drained in that way, because everyone knows that this is a universal plan. So if I say take one, they know what that means Yeah. automatically. As before, when I went into a classroom, I had to assert my authority in order for them to see and understand you're not going to disrespect me in the way that you disrespect others. I respect me, so you're going to respect me. And you should respect yourself enough to respect the adult that's in front of you. But that's a lesson that I have to teach before I can give them whatever the lesson is that the teacher left for them. I can remember so vividly my very first internal sub. I went into the classroom. The teacher was standing there talking to them. Nobody was listening. I mean, she's legit like just giving instructions. And I looked at her and I was like, who are you talking to? She was like, well, I'm giving instructions. Nobody is listening to you. Kids were up, moving around. What are you doing? Yeah. She was like, oh, well, I feel, you know, this is my worst class. And okay. She leaves out of the classroom. Within five minutes, I had the entire class silent, sitting, working. Because I'm not going to allow you to be disrespectful to this institution of education. We have worked too hard to get us here. And you are going to, you are going to do what it is. And if you don't want to do it, that's fine. But what you're not going to do is disrespect the other students who are working. Because there are students in this class who want to learn. They came here for an education. So you are not going to disrespect that process. I had to get them there, but in doing that, I felt defeated and deflated because I had to be the big bad wolf in this scenario, as opposed to coming in into the situation and just allowing students to learn. But because so many teachers that are in our schools 
are afraid of our children. Mm-hmm. They're kids. How are you afraid of a child? Well, it's because you're looking at the news, you're watching what's happening, and you think that that's what these kids are about. Get to know them and they're not. Yeah. Our kids want to learn. Our kids want to do well. They want to know. They want to do right. But you, as the adult in the classroom before them, have to put that level of, instill that level of learning and the love for learning and the respect for learning in front of them. Not to cut you off, Keisha, and listeners, I know y'all hear her baby in the background (laughs) singing. Jamming. He opened up the door. I had the door closed. I apologize. (laughs) (laughs) I apologize. He opened the door. I had it closed. And you asked Carter if we could close the door back. Carter, (laughs) close the door back, please. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Listen, this is real life, okay? He sounds very cute and adorable. And I I know listeners are going to be like, what is that in the background? Open the door. Joy. He's watching Sing too. Oh, that's what he's doing. He's watching. I thought he was in the bathtub singing. Mm -mm, That's that I'm in the bathtub with all my toys around me and I'm in heaven and I made up my own song in my head. I'm singing. Watch this thing too. Because you mentioned the word joy. Since we have adopted this universally yes my joy has exploded when I go to work normally you know for years I dreaded going to work because it felt like work yeah it's like you know we're the only ones that's doing this it didn't feel like a collaborative effort in order to make sure that we had a safe environment for our students I wake up every day and I had to begin to thank God for the joy. I'm like, God, I thank you for all of these other things. I thank you for my baby. I thank you for, I was like, but I am neglecting to thank you for the joy because now it does not feel like work. Even though I work so much harder this year, it doesn't feel like work. And it's, I'm so free. I'm so happy. And I would take off a lot during the school year. This year, I legit have only taken off the times that I needed to take off, right? Other years, I was like, I don't feel like going today. So I'm not going. And this year, when I have to take off, I feel bad calling off and I'm not there for my students. So the joy level that I feel it's insane. And I'm like, I know it's only because of you. You know, I've, I have worked and I have put in this work and you are magnifying it. You are helping it. We piloted Take 5 in one of our fifth grade buildings. So I'm in a unit district, which means we go from K to 12. Most districts only go K through 8 and then they go to other places for high school. Our district is a union district. So our students who start in kindergarten can go all the way to the 12th grade in our district. Our behavior interventionist came and she was like, I see, like, I see the difference. So I'm going to pilot this in one of our elementary buildings at fifth grade so we can see how it is. 
I met with the principal of the building and she was like, oh man, I could see this going all the way down to third grade. I can do this. She said, but I'm going to start with fifth grade to see how it is. I went, I met with the fifth grade team. I trained them on what it is that they were going to do, how they were going to work it. And I was like, hey, you know, I'm just reaching out, see, you know, your feedback. And they were like, we love it. Like it has made such a difference. They said, however, because this is geared more towards middle school, there were some changes that we made so that it would be able to fit fifth grade. Cool. Thank you. Tell me what those changes are, because I want this to go into all school. Thank you. How can we target this to grades other than middle school and beyond? Right. How can we target this to lower grades so that it works? They made some changes and I was like, thank you for the feedback. I appreciate it. I'll be able to put this out to other people. And then I'm a part of the leadership team at our school as well. So I was speaking with one of the counselors, you know, the counselors, bless them. They, 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 you know, they're, they are way more patient than teachers are. (laughs) They are way more patient than teachers are. And so we were having this discussion at our leadership team meeting and the counselor was saying, well, you know, our babies, because they're dealing with students who have traumas and all that, right? So they were like, our babies aren't really responding to this the way that you will want to. So let's think about a take 2.0. How can we do this? How can we help everybody to be successful under this take five umbrella. So now I'm coming up with a take 2.0 version for the babies who are experiencing a little more, right? They need a little more love, a little more help, a little more effort. None of that would have come to fruition without us creating or putting this into place universally. Again, I am so proud of you. It was only fitting to, like I said before, to honor you because changing the landscape and the disciplinary environment that a child sits in at school and for you to have the heart to transform that and look at it from their lens while also nurturing and addressing the needs of the instructor, the teacher, where it feels like the perfect blend. I honor you and I love you and I celebrate you. And I'm very proud of you because thank you. this is just the beginning. It is. It allows our students to not feel attacked. Yes. That's the purpose of this. We're not here to attack you. Take one is a warning where the students acknowledge just by writing down some information, you acknowledge that you in fact were disrupting the learning environment. Take two becomes a little bit more intimate between the teacher and the student because in our building, we have 52-minute classes. You have now interrupted the learning twice. So they are separated from their peer group within the classroom. And then the teacher takes no longer than two to three minutes to go over and have a conversation with them. And I tell the students when I'm explaining it to them. I'm like, hey, this is your opportunity to say, you know what, Ms. Carter, um, you know, this morning when I was leaving out, my mom yelled at me and it made me mad. Now I have an attitude or the teacher before you, they said something or I didn't eat this morning or whatever it is, 
Like there's a reason that you're disrupting the classroom. So this is your opportunity to tell me that during this class time and we can have a conversation about it. Well, how can I assist you in being more successful? What is it that you need from me so that you do not disrupt this class anymore? Because I want you here. I want you learning. I want you to be a part of this experience. So how can I help you be successful? Because that's our jobs as teachers. The end goal is success. It's not a grade. The end goal is success. So how can I assist you in being successful? Do you need to step out for a moment? That's cool. Do you need to go talk to someone more experienced? That's cool. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a social worker. That's not, those aren't my credentials. So do you need to go talk to someone with those credentials? That's cool too. Take three becomes a little more technical because now they step outside of the classroom and we step out with them as they're filling out a form. They're saying, hey, this is what I've done to disrupt the class three times. So we're trying to have them to be accountable for what they're doing, not only to themselves, but to other students. Take four. It's my favorite. That's the scripted phone call. No one wants that phone call in front of their peers that, hey, hey, mom, hey, dad, I am interrupting the learning of others. Like I have interrupted the learning of others three other times before now. And if I continue, then it's going to become a referral. Now, there have been other classes where students have gotten to take four and even take five. Take five is the referral. Like you've interrupted a class five times in 52 minutes. That is beyond our scope. You now need to speak with an administrator. Yeah. I have not had anyone to get to take four, but there have been other classes that have had students to get to take four and beyond. But it takes the emotion out of it. It's not personal. Some teachers take it so personal. Well, he come in every day and then he's doing it. Okay. But we are able to collect data. We had a student this year who in every single class, these students have seven classes. He went to take three. So we're like, this is not working for him. Maybe this is not the setting for him. And we were able to use that data to place him in a different setting where he would be able to be more successful. When you stated that it is not personal and that you just never know um, what a student is going through. Over the weekend, we had stayed at, at a couple friends' house. And so a friend of mine, she showed me this video of a young lady was on live. She had taken the life of her children's father. She has four children by him. And you do not see it, which you just hear it. You see the conversation of her talking to him, blah, blah, blah. blah. This was on Facebook. And what stood out to me was at the very end of the video, the camera is obstructed the view, but Mm -hmm. you could hear the children, Keisha, crying over their father. Yeah. Imagine what that child is going to go to school and think and feel. Imagine the emotions, right, of being angry and pissed and hurt that their father is taken away from them, being angry and pissed and hurt that their mother did it. And what do you do with that energy? What do you do with that anger? What do you do with that grief? What do you do with the mourning of that? So you lose it at two parents and your world is turned upside down. Mm-hmm. 
that child is going to walk into a classroom. Absolutely. And unfortunately, due to the way laws are set up and all of that, sometimes we as teachers don't even know that that's happening. The counselors know, the administrators know, but we are not privy to that information, which is why we need to be extra careful with how we are treating students and talking to students and making sure that we're not taking things personal. They're kids. I don't care how big they are. I teach sixth grade. By the time these kids get to eighth grade, I'm five, four. By the time these kids get to eighth grade, they're like six feet tall. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like I just saw some kids today that I had last year. I was taller than them last year. All three of them are now taller than I am, but it doesn't matter how big they are. They're still kids. I think that especially with our African-American students, people are, I don't know, conditioned to feel fear because of their size, because of their height, because of whatever. At the end of the day, these are still kids that are between 11 and 14 years old. And so they deserve to have grace because they're kids, they're children. But because you know, he come in every day and he not listening to me and I don't feel like they should have, you know, these many chances. Why not, sis? Do you get to work every day on time? Are you writing your lesson plans and putting them where they're supposed to be every time? So how is it that the baby doesn't get grace, but you cannot do what you're supposed to do. But then when the baby doesn't do what he's supposed to do, I equate it to when students come to us with reading and math deficiencies, do we just throw them away because they don't know how to read and do math? No, we provide them with the opportunities that they need in order to get that. So if they're coming to us with behavioral, why is it that we're not providing them the same opportunities and grace? Because of the color of their skin? Because they're, because they're taller than you, because they're bigger than you. If you're not cut out for it, then don't do it. But our babies want the same things that all other kids want. They want to feel protected. They want to feel safe. And they want to know that they are cared about. And so you do that by holding them accountable. You show them that they are loved by providing discipline. Discipline is love. Mm-hmm. You don't just allow kids to do what they want to do because they're bigger than you or because their skin is a different color than yours. No. And I tell my students all the time, I say, as long as I'm talking to you, you know, I care. I said, the people that are not talking to you and letting you do whatever it is that you want to do, they do not care about you. They don't care about you. They don't care about your future. They don't care about anything that you stand for because they're just allowing you to do what you want to do. There are people who are in here and they will tell the kids, I'm here for a check. First of all, we don't get paid enough. So I'm not here for a check. I'm here because I care about you and I want to see you become the best version of you. I I say that every day in a different way to all of my classes each day. Be the best version of you. Take a step towards being your best you. Yes, you're going to make mistakes. That's a part of learning. 
Yes, you're going to mess up. That's a part of learning. Yes, you're going to fall down. But failure shows you what it is that you don't need to do. It shows you how to become the best you. It's about how you respond to that failure that makes you the person that you are and it builds your character. Come on, Keisha. You better preach to your choir. But that's what I, I do every day. Yeah. Every day. It's needed. It is It is so needed. And some of those kids, you never know that the only love that they get might be just from you. Might be. And some of those situations, not all, but just some. Um, and we all need someone to help us at different points throughout our lifetime, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Grace. Grace is so important. I mean, not only do we need to practice grace for ourselves, but especially the children especially the kids especially the kids and I know like I said it's been a hot topic with children attacking teachers but it's not all right that's Mm -mm. it's just not all and then the other topic has been around the how unfair it is to the children who are doing what they're supposed to be doing in the classroom what I love about your program like I said is it's an opportunity to also save and pull back in those children who are off track who just need someone to help them adjust, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm self-correct on their path. You spoke about joy earlier before we started recording. And I wanted to just elaborate a little bit more on joy, given that we're on the Joy Tutor podcast, right? (laughs) The irony of, was it last summer or the summer before? were Were you in Chicago? Were you here in New York when you were telling me about it wasn't even, it wasn't even called take five at the time, mm-hmm. right? It wasn't. Give, mm-hmm. give the backstory, Keisha. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't. At that time, it was actually called the Succeed Learning Plan because that's my team, <laughs> right? My team was Succeed. And so when my principal decided that she would use it universally, she actually coined the name Take Five. When I decided that I was going to make this a thing, I went in her office and I'm like, hey, you know, you coined the term, coined the term take five. I'm thinking about moving in this direction with it. And what I love about my principal is she is not going to hold you back from anything. She was like, do it. What do you need from me? Like, how can I help you be successful? Awesome. Like, if this is, this is what you want to do, do it, go yes. for it. How can I help you be successful? And I was like, Okay. And then I called you the day that I had posted on Facebook and all the people, remember they were responding, responding, responding. I was like, sis, I need to do something with this. And we spent the entire day creating the logo, the website, like all of that. And Take Five was born because of my principal coined the name. And then you spent your day, like you totally dismissed everything you had for that day because you were on your way to the gym and you were like, nope, I'm going back home. And you went home and we sat an entire Sunday creating the logo, the website, everything. And mm -hmm, we did all of it. What's next, Keisha, for Take 5? What's next is moving into, pushing into other schools, letting them experience the peace of not having such a chaotic climate. How can we get in contact with you 
and learn more about your services. You can go to take five, the number five, T-A-K-E, number five, management.com. And I will have that information in the show notes. This has been such an honor and blessing to interview you and share your amazing program, which I see it's already making a great impact within your old school district. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. I'm honored. I'm honored. (laughs) Thank you for spending your time with us. We hope you enjoyed the show. Before you head out, we do have two events coming up. We have a virtual networking event that is hosted on July 13th, as well as a high tea. Yes, honey, I said high tea. We will be networking in elegance, love. Held on September 30th in Brooklyn, New York. You can register for both events at joytutor.com. And last but not least, if you haven't already, you can check out our Entrepreneur Planner, which is available for purchase at joytutor.com, or you can find it at Barnes & Noble's. We would love to get social with you, so check us out and follow us, and we'll follow you back under the handles Joy Tutor Inc. or Joy Tutor. Until next time, take care.